Welcome back to the second week of the Christmas series called Christmas in the Storm. Um, And as I said last week, yes, I know it sounds like a Hallmark movie. And um, I kind of set up the scenario of the Hallmark movie. If you weren't there, you missed it. It's on Spotify or wherever you get podcasts. But someone came up to me afterwards and they did tell me I missed something in the movie. I missed the almost kiss. And... I, I know exactly what she's talking about, but uh, she also clarified, you know, they, they go in and then like something scares them and they jump away or somebody walks in the room or someone, someone's phone rings. So we'll just add that to the plot. Uh, but anyway, moving forward, um, last week, uh, a number of things happened. Um, an angel appeared to Mary in a dream and told her that she's going to have a child and Um, she's a virgin so it shouldn't be possible right we had another another situation where an angel appeared to Zechariah whose wife Elizabeth even in her old age even in her barren state where she couldn't have a child she was also gonna have a child Um, and in that we kept seeing two things happen over and over and over and over again and we see God doing what he says he's gonna do and we see God doing impossible things. And Ryan, I know I told you I have one slide. Can you go back a few slides? Maybe one slide, another slide, right here. So I love this song, by the way. And as, um, as it was playing, and I heard the words, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper. That's what, that's what we were talking about last week, that... It doesn't matter. If God says he's a promise keeper, it doesn't matter. If he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it, even if it's impossible. And he does what's impossible. He's a miracle worker. And he's a way maker. No matter what the situation is, what's in the way, how many storms are in the way of of what his plan is, of what he said he's going to do, he's going to make a way to do it. Thanks, Ryan. You can um, head back to the main slide. So... Um, in that, we see we have two pregnant ladies, both miracles, uh, and Mary, this, um, the mother of Jesus, went to visit Elizabeth, the mother of John. Uh, she stayed there for three months, and then Elizabeth delivered her child, whose name was, I've said a few times, whose name was? John. Thank you. John. Um, and can anyone remind me? What, why John is so pivotal to the Christmas story? What was special about John that, that put him in the Christmas story? What was his role? It's his role to prepare the way for Jesus. That he was going ahead of Jesus to prepare the way for Jesus, to call people to their God, to our God. So, um, that's kind of where we left off last week. Uh, John was born. Um, Zechariah, he was mute for a time for his unbelief. And he was able to talk. And as soon as he was started to talk, as soon as he started talking, he, um, he prophesied and shared that about John, who we know as John the Baptist. Uh, so we're going to pick up where we left off. Uh, and we're going to go directly up to the birth of Jesus. Um, And then next week, uh, 
at the at the party at the Christmas party. Whoop whoop. We're going to we're going to talk briefly about the actual event of Christmas. You know, kind of what we see is the birth of Jesus. Um, but we're going to be starting in Matthew one. So if you want to get there, um, we're going to jump at least once. You can get there uh, while I pray. That's okay. So to Matthew 1. Dear God, thank you for the forge. Thank you for worship, that we can sing to you, that we can praise you, um, and, and that you want us to do that, and um, that we just get to participate in, in such an awesome thing. Thank you for Christmas and what it means for sending your son, for coming to earth, for us, not because we deserve it, not because we're good, not because we did something, but because you loved us. I thank you for your scripture, that we can hear your words, that you can speak to us through the Bible. Thank you for that. May we, may we have faith in that. May we trust you in that. I pray you open our ears, you open our mouths to, to say and receive what you have for us today. Thank you. Amen. So Matthew 1, verse 18 is where we're going to start. <clears throat> verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Um, so this is kind of taking a different angle of a simil similar uh, story. You know, it's all the same storyline, but uh, a different angle of it. And like I said, that's kind of the idea of this um, Christmas series is to take the puzzle pieces and bring them together into a... Uh, a story uh, to understand the Christmas story better. So anyway, right away we see this we see this really big storm, and I think somebody had mentioned it uh, last week, is that Mary is pregnant out of wedlock, and that is a big storm, especially in this scenario. Uh, I was thinking about it, and today's society is different. I'm not saying you're not going to get pushed back, you're not going to get people upset with you. You're not, you know, there's there's still repercussions to things um but i was thinking about it and i was like well what's kind of the worst thing that's going to happen to you um if if you're in this scenario where you're engaged with somebody and and you are pregnant and it's not to your fiance well for one the relationship's probably going to end you're probably going to get broken up with and two you're probably going to end up on some sort of like show, you know, worst case scenario, like Dr. Phil or something like that. Um, but times were a lot different 2,000 years ago. And I'm not saying that those, like, it wouldn't be awful to lose a relationship that you thought was going to last forever. But times were different 2,000 years ago. Joseph had a decision to make. He could either accuse her of adultery because it's not his baby, right? And the result of that would be that Mary would be killed. Or his other decision was to divorce her quietly to attempt to save her life. And 
Uh, that's obviously the one he decided to do. It says that. It says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So um, I think it would be easy to see that and be like, what? Why would you do that, Joseph? That's so mean. You're not really accepting of Mary. He decided to do that because, I mean, can we, first of all, can we blame Joseph for thinking that Mary was probably cheating on him? No, I don't think that's fair. Uh, she's pregnant, and really there's only one way to make that happen. He knew it wasn't his, and this was just kind of a, a one-time thing where it happened a different way. But put yourself in that position. You're about to get married. You've been diligently waiting, and your fiance's pregnant. Right? I, I, think, I don't think we can come down on Joseph for, for deciding that he wanted to get a divorce. And amongst his options, that was, that was the nicest one. And um, I have to be honest, I don't think most people would respond quite so generously. Uh, scripture uses the word quietly. He was going to divorce her quietly. And I think maybe nowadays it would be, I'm going to divorce that person with as much drama, with as much internet hate, with as much p pinning people against that person, hating that person. But Joseph was doing this in the complete opposite way. He's doing it to protect Mary, to save her life, and hopefully save some of her social standing as well. So I think that's important to note. Um, but we see the story take a turn at verse 20. It, it takes a very good turn here. So we're going to jump back into it, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. So Joseph had decided to divorce her quietly, to do the kind thing, to save Mary's life. But then an angel appeared to him. I actually didn't notice. Did the angel say, do not be afraid? Does it say it? Um, <laughs> it's angel 101, according to Eric. <laughs> um, lost my spot. So, so anyway, I personally wonder why, right? Like, why not just appear to Joseph and Mary at the same time? Like, that, that would not have been a difficult thing for angels to do. Um, so why let Joseph go through the stress of having to consider this? To, to weigh his options and be like, well, I'm either going to have to divorce her or have her killed. Like, what 
a thing to go through for somebody. To take the person you care about, the person you love the most, and your options are to either send them away from you or have them killed. So I wonder, why, why wait? But we saw last week that God doesn't pave the way problem-free, even for his son. We see that, as we've talked about, that this story just has so many bumps, so many problems, so many storms, even for the birth of his son. So I don't, I don't know why Joseph would have had to go through that, why that wouldn't have been revealed to him earlier, but it wasn't. The other thing that I, that I wanted to speak about in this is verse 22. It says, All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. In Isaiah 7:14, it says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And we'll call him Emmanuel. That's what it's referencing here. That's, the, that's what they're saying when it says to fulfill um, the prophet, to fulfill the prophecy. It's talking about something that was written probably roughly 600 years earlier. Because we've seen that when God says he's going to do something, he does it. He will always come through. He's the way maker. He will make a way. So we're in Matthew chapter 1. And uh, I think that's the end of the chapter, I believe. Um, and if you, if you flip it, you're going to be too far. Um, we'll be beyond the Christmas story uh, that we're talking about. So uh, in my opinion, that's kind of what makes the Christmas story tricky is that you can't just read going through one way and then flipping the chapter and continue to read. It's, as I've said, a puzzle. So we're going to go actually back to Luke, where we were yesterday. We were in Luke chapter 1. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Um, so in your Bible, if you go forward, if you hit Mark, keep going. Once you hit Luke, there you go hit John, you went too far. So, Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius, I always struggle with that, was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. I always struggle with that Q name, and I was planning on just stumbling through it and moving on, and I blew it. Sorry. Um, 
But how's that for Christmas in a storm, right? Like, who here wants to have a baby while they're away from home? Who wants to have a baby away from home in a house for animals? To put your baby in a feeding trough. Um, I've never had a baby, never had to deliver one, so I can't exactly relate to this, but I do have a legitimate fear, and it happens to me a lot when I'm traveling. I have a fear that I'm gonna get sick while I'm traveling, that I'm gonna get really sick away from home, and I won't have my bed, I won't have my recliner, I won't have, I won't, I won't feel good enough to be able to drive home, I won't be familiar with the medical like facilities of the area. I, maybe Emily's with me, maybe she's not. But like, I think that's a legitimate fear. And I have to imagine this is kind of like the worst scenario of that. Like, maybe it was more normal back then to deliver a child while you're traveling in basically a barn but I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt that was normal. And uh, the reason I doubt that is because it says there was no room in the inn. Um, So we see that that wasn't plan A, right? Like they wanted to go to the inn. They wanted to go somewhere more comfortable, somewhere that was designed to be uh, lived in by humans, but there was no room. So they had to go to the secondary place, full of animals. They had to put their child in a manger. And the craziest thing about all this to me um, is that, as I mentioned last week, that this is the Son of God. A humble birth. Problems left and right and he didn't, come, he didn't come to earth to a throne. That's not how he entered. He didn't even come to earth with a proper bed, with a proper hotel room. He came to earth in a manger. Like, I would be shocked if any of our parents allowed that to happen, you know? And it just, it blows my mind. Every single one of us probably had a better start to our lives than Jesus, than the Son of God fully man and fully God. Really the only person that's ever come to earth deserving something good comes to earth like that. And God chose to come to earth like that. It's not like it was this big accident. Oh, I, I didn't realize, you know, it was, it was too much to, to have uh, someone. I didn't realize the inn was going to be full. It was not like that. We see that God doesn't need 
anything to happen. He can make everything happen. Nothing's impossible for him. He's going to make a way. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And if he has a plan, that's what's going to happen. So the plan wasn't to have a peaceful birth at their home, everything go well, and put Jesus in a crib. The plan was, as the prophecy said, to go on this trip, to have the baby where they did. And I just want to let that sink in for a second because I don't think that, that we really appreciate it enough that God came to earth in a barn, more or less. Like, I really want to take a second and let the weight of that hit you. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, coming to earth with a more humble beginning than anybody that I know. I know somebody who gave birth to their kid in a car in the hospital parking lot. And to me, that, that's crazy. This is like a million times worse than that. The only one that deserved something good, but he didn't take it for himself. Father, we thank you for, for everything that you bless us with. We don't deserve anything. And, let, and yet you give us these great things. You give us these gifts. You give us hospitals. You give us healthy births. You give us beds. You give us car seats. You give us so much that you didn't even give Jesus. So humbly came the Savior of the world. I pray that we can learn to trust you in the problems of this life because there will be problems that we can look and we can we cannot think that you're turning your back on us or that you're, you're giving us because you don't love us because we see that even Jesus faced problems. Even Mary and Joseph faced problems. Just because you're doing something in us doesn't mean that that it's going to be simple, that it's going to be easy, and that it's going to be smooth. I pray that we remember that in the middle of our storms. Thank you for your word. Thank you for just always being true, for giving us what we don't deserve, for giving us Jesus, for giving us a Savior, for giving us grace. I pray that this Christmas season that 
we're able to feel your, your gift of your son in a tangible way. Thank you for all that you do. Don't deserve it at all. Amen.